have some well wishes for you. We would love to hug you and to say hi to you. But this is the best we can do right now. So here are some well wishes. I hope everyone is staying warm and comfortable during this time. We miss all of you, especially the rooted kids. We do wish that we were seeing you all face to face though. Please stay safe so that we can see you when this is all over. Bye. Bye-bye. Jesus, we worship you, Lord. We fix our eyes on Jesus. We worship you, Lord, in the beauty of your holiness. Oh, Jesus, we worship and truth was his refrain Jesus showed us the way to the Father see the price he paid for us perfect sinless sacrifice Jesus gave up his life for our freedom See the more. 
We love you, 
everybody a blessed sunday to you trust you're all doing well uh, it's great to be able to gather together like this even though it's not exactly how we would like it um, it's working for now and uh, allow us just to be have some kind of connection and togetherness which is amazing one of these days we will worship together and we will exalt the king of kings together as we worship corporately thank you the valentines for your welcome and greeting to us um, andy thanks for the worship this morning it's been great just to worship with some guys here as we put these tracks together and uh, just some news on that song that we sang this morning again and followed with Andy is that was first birthed in First Fruits when I was playing there one Saturday and that chorus just came around spontaneously just singing the more we see the more we love the more we see and then that Sunday morning after First Fruits the, the, the kind of music was in the same kind of flow and I sang that chorus during a worship time just um, and I wasn't leading worship I think Tracy was leading that Sunday and then Andy came and added some verses. And while he was singing, I just recorded him on my phone to say, mm, I think that could work together. And then during lockdown, we managed to kind of build the song together and, and, and make it available for us to worship and sing. So just yeah, amazing how it's all worked out like that. So what we want to do also, okay, is you can see from the Valentine's incredible greeting this morning from the whole family. We want to ask you to send us your 30 seconds Greetings from your home to ours. And so we can just get to see one another. And I want to ask you just to submit those to the WhatsApp number that we've been working on. The number I'll put is on the screen below. And uh, you can just submit those to us. Keep them to 30 seconds. But it'll just allow us to see some of each other and just to kind of engage in the best way that we can possible during this uh, uh, crazy time and season that we're living in now. And some of us, now we're 100 plus days, but some of us have... Um, had different journeys. It's been, you know, different in many ways, but some we've had to be a little bit more concerned about. And I've got a little clip we're going to show of somebody uh, that uh, chose a certain route during lockdown. And uh, we, we're just going to, let's let, listen to him. Let's listen to Farnas. Let's see, let's see what he says here. 50 days ago, we were placed under lockdown. 
and it was around about then that I decided to grow my beard. And in a way, it's become a symbol of the COVID-19 pandemic. We are now under level four, and hopefully soon we will move to level three. And there's this expectation that we can move back to where we were 50 days ago. And I don't think that's going to work. Uh, nothing goes backwards. We can only move forwards. And if we insist on going backwards, this is what it could look like. As you can see, it won't work. We can only go forward, not backwards. Well, there you have it. The reality, we can't go backwards. We can only go forwards. And uh, it's a, a true reality for us. And uh, thanks, Farnas, for uh, keeping things a bit real. And he's going to be preaching to us in the next little bit as well. And you'll see he is fully cleanly shaven, which is wonderful. But I just want to touch on this, that I, I think we're a hundred something days in here. And I think we're getting to a tipping point where we would want life just to be back to normal as best as possible. And I know many of us have, have been through difficult times and challenging times through this. But we have to hold on to our kingdom truth. We don't get to always dictate what happens in our world around us. The early disciples, it was the same for them. They didn't dictate what happened around us. They lived for the kingdom and in that God worked and provided and helped them. So the words that have come to me, it feels like some of us are getting to a tipping point where we're being kind of, we feel like we're going to get pushed over the edge. I just want to say, hold out, hold on to the truth, hold on to trusting our King and Savior and the kingdom that you live by. Catch that reality. Okay. We don't always get to dictate these times and seasons that happen in our lives, but we trust God through the midst of them. So stand firm, stand strong, and I'm sure you're going to be blessed. You really will be blessed by what Farnes has got to share with us this morning. So have a great rest of the day, and we'll keep in touch. Bye now. Good morning. I greet you from our home here in Fishuk, and I bring you warm greetings from the elders. We met on Tuesday afternoon, did a Zoom meeting, and everybody just expressed their desire to be with the family once again, to spend time to worship together, to laugh and to cry together, uh, because we are very conscious of the fact that there are people out there that have lost loved ones, people that are concerned for their loved ones as they work on the front line, uh, people are concerned about having uh, salary cuts or even losing their jobs. So it's a trying time and uh, uh, they asked me just to encourage you and to know that they are praying for you and that uh, hopefully this morning the word that I bring will will help encourage you, will wash you, and it will build you up again. Okay, so um, we're busy going through the book of Joshua, and and um, I want to ask you that the language of the of the uh, Old Testament was very um, direct and in your face, and thou shalt not, and thou shalt not, and it was all about what you have to do where the language of the New Testament is a, is a little bit different. It's more Jesus saying that I'm the bread of life. Jesus says that I'm the light of the world. I'm the, the way, the life, and the, the way, the truth, and the life. And um, uh, so I want to read Joshua 1 this morning, just chapter 1, the first nine verses. But I want to ask you to give me some poetic license here, just, just to, for me to paraphrase it in a way that... My question is, how, how would Jesus have asked the question or, or given the instruction to Joshua? Or how would a person like Paul would have done it? Because 
in the Old Testament, uh, God and man is very much positioned across each other. And, uh, and there's a divide and a separation and, and they don't always understand and they don't always get to, to what it is, you know. So um, I love what Martin said. Martin, in, in his, uh, when he does the uh, course he developed, um, God's Story, on a, on a Monday evening, he also said that God and man uh, is, are two entities sitting across each other. But that Jesus came and Jesus drew a circle around these two. And, um, and I want to explain that. I, I want to explain how Jesus managed to, because he was both God, he is God, and he, and he came to earth as man. So he's the one that can bring these two into unity. L let me explain that a, a bit better. So if we start with Joshua, and I'm just going to cherry pick a, a few scriptures. Um, I'm not going to read all of it. Um, in verse 2 it says, it promises um, the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. So the first thing God establishes is, um, I want to provide for you. I, I want to be there for you. I want to provide for you. The second thing he says, in, I jump down to verse 5, is I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, leaving and forsaking is two different things. We, I have, might have left you, but I don't believe that I have forsaken you by the separation of, of the COVID. So this, the second thing God establishes is, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to provide for you, but I want to have a relationship with you. Then in verse 6, he says, he says to Joshua, be strong and of good courage. How would Jesus have said this? Jesus said that, do not fear, only believe. Believe is to have faith. And not to fear, so he, Jesus positions in New Testament language, he positions these two across each other. And he says, believing and, and don't be scared. Don't be scared, all right? So, he, and, he, and the very next thing he says in verse 6 is, um, as an inheritance, the land I will soar to your fathers to give you. So, again, the first thing he does after he says to him, have faith is that I will provide for you. Let's jump to verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. So he, he, he is, he's building a little bit further on this. How would Paul have said that? Paul would have said, Joshua, read the scripture. Stir up the gift that's inside of you. Stir up your faith. Come on, you can do that. And the very next thing he says, do not turn from it to the right or to the left. So what Paul would have said to Joshua is, Joshua, walk by the Spirit and listen to the outcome. Um, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Provision again. Um, then in verse 9, he says, um, have I not commanded you? It comes out even stronger. Again, how would this is what God is saying to Joshua. How would how would a person like Jude have said it? Jude, in, his, in the book of Jude, verse 20, he says, Stirring up your most holy faith, pray in the Spirit. So, so again, it, is, it brings out these three elements of, you must have faith, Joshua. I want to be in a relationship with you, Joshua, and I want to provide for you, Joshua. It's important also to understand what God is not saying. Three times... He speaks about faith or, or be strong and courageous. Three times he mentions relationship. 
Three times in these nine verses, he speaks about providing for you. So it's very much faith versus works. Believing right, that leads to doing right. What did God not say to Joshua? Not once did he say, Joshua, I want you to cut back on the mistakes. I want you to be more obedient. I want you not to sin. Not once is doing the right thing mentioned in this first nine, these first nine verses. There's a, another example that I would like to use. Um, is when the scribe comes to, to, to Jesus and he cleverly positions Jesus. He says to Jesus, what is the first commandment or what is the most important commandment? And by doing it, he's really asking Jesus, so what must I do to, to get across from where I am to where God is, to restore this Adam relationship that, that we had in the, in the garden? So he's cleverly asking Jesus what, because if Jesus says, okay, so you, you, you must not do this, you must not sin, you must not, you, or you have to do this, you, then that is the language that the scribe would appreciate because he doesn't believe that Jesus is the Savior. He believes that he can get across this divide by performing, by doing good works, by being, building himself up in his obedience so that he can be reconciled with God. Effectively, he's saying, Jesus, I don't need you. How does Jesus answer this? And this is, this is quite important. Uh, Jesus says, uh, Shema Yisrael. And if, if this scribe was a CNN reporter, he would have said, you're not answering the question. That's not what I asked you. I asked you what is the most important or the first commandment. Because the commandment is something you have to do. He, he, he's, he's stuck on this thing. What is it that I must do? So, but cleverly, Jesus is starting to draw the circle around man and God. And he says, Shema Yisrael. Because when he says, hear, O Israel, He's not addressing the nation of Israel as we read the same scripture in Deuteronomy 6 verse 4. He is saying all that is made in the image of God and all of mankind that will receive the free gift of salvation. That is the Israel that Jesus is addressing here. And this is not what the scribe wants to hear. So Jesus is starting. What's the second thing Jesus says? He says, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Elchat. The Lord is God, the Lord is one. And again, the scribe would have jumped up and said, but, but you're still not answering my question. I, I want to know what it is that I must do. But as I said, Jesus is busy drawing the circle around man and God. And he says, uh, before he gets to the part where he actually answers the question, where he says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your, your, your mind or your soul, and with all your strength, he says that, and, and this is best uh, heard in, in John 17, when he, says to, to, when he says, Father, as you are in me and I in you, so they, the world, who, who receives him, who accepts his free gift, so they are in me. So Jesus embraces man and God with himself. And he says, in me, this unity is complete. He's speaking about a unity that we can only find in Christ because what he's effectively saying to the scribe is that you cannot love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
with all your mind and with all your strength. You're not capable of doing the right thing, but you can believe the right thing. You can, if you believe that you are in me, if you receive me, and I in you, and that together we are in the Father, there you can love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your, your mind, your soul, and with all of your, your strength. Um, but again, this, this is not the language that the, the scribe wanted to hear, because it was positioning faith opposite works, believing right that leads to doing right. Um, it's not what you do, but it is what you believe. If I can illustrate it to you this way, I'm just trying to shift so that the sun is not in my face. If, if you could imagine my hand being a tree, and, and this is the ground level, and underneath the ground is the root, and this is the fruit. So we all want our lives to bear much fruit, right? And, but the problem is, what the scribe is effectively saying is, if you do right, if your obedience, the root, is good, then your life will bear the right fruit. What Jesus is answering him, and what the New Testament is saying, that if you believe right, you will do right. Obedience, listen to this, obedience is the fruit of right believing, it's not the root. Right believing is the root, and then obedience follows. That's why God not once said to, G, to, said to Joshua, you have to do this, 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 this. He didn't touch on works. He didn't touch on, on doing the right thing. The only thing he said to him was, believe right. Okay, so um, I want to wrap up by saying the following. Uh, in Ephesians uh, 1.4, we read about being declared holy. And in Colossians 1.22, we read about, and you will be presented holy, blameless, above reproach. That is what the Bible declares me. If I'm in Jesus, if I've received Jesus as my Savior, the Bible declares me holy. Therefore, I live holy. I don't live holy to become holy. Again, I don't live holy to become holy. I believe right. I have been declared holy. I believe that. And by believing it, my life will be the right fruit. I trust that this word this morning will, will encourage you. There, there's only two reasons. There's only two reasons why I... Why I want to live holy. The Bible declares me holy, therefore I live holy. And there's only two things. There's no law, there's no, there's no retribution, there's no wrath of God that will be poured out on me. The only thing that motivates me to live holy is love, for the Father's love. And He loved me first so I can love on Him. And gratitude. God wants me to come to Him through the gates of thanksgiving. To come and worship Him. To come and lay my life down. To surrender my life anew to Him. And to have a relationship with Him so that He can provide for me. My challenge to you this morning is if you are questioning whether you even have this relationship. If, if all this separation and not being able to, to be in, 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 with the other believers. 
and you are starting to question, it's easy. It's quite easy to correct that. It's a simple prayer where you say, Father God, I come and I lay down my life. I surrender anew. Come, Jesus. Come be Lord of my life. And if you have, have any questions or doubt whether, whether you are in this relationship, fix it. Do, it. do it the right way. It's quite easy. And God will restore you. If you believe, and this, this is a time where, where we know we've lost loved ones or people are concerned about their health, will God provide for me? My challenge to you this morning is believe the word of God. Believe right that you will do right. And God will have a relationship with you and that God will provide for you. All right. So let me pray for you. I say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice in this day. I thank you, Father, that you came and you gave us Jesus who embraces both. That you, that you put us into unity with you, Father God. I pray for all those that are hearing my voice this morning and that have heard this word. I pray that this word will wash over them, cleanse them, refresh them and restore them. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.